I appreciate it. I mean, we um, we we put we put our heart and soul into this. Um, not just you know, obviously the the blend itself, working closely with the Casadas and the Placencias um, to really get it right. They were also, um, as you can imagine, um, equally excited. I mean, I've been fortunate to work with the Casadas and the Placencias throughout my Nat Sherman career for 10 years, um, and so there. There's always been a very close relationship um, between myself and the Casadas and the Placencias, um, but certainly um, this was a very different project um, because it was mine, and uh, and everyone really uh, gave it everything they had. I mean, they you know they put us in the front of the line. Let's face it, this was not a convenient time to to launch a a brand. Um, you know, there's there's uh, record volumes, there's back orders everywhere. There isn't a cigar factory on the planet that isn't at full capacity. So, you know, to have a brand new company show up and say, hey, surprise, um, I could really use these cigars. You know, nobody nobody pushed back. Everyone said, absolutely, you got it. And, and you know, obviously it, it comes down to you know, your opinion and John's opinion and consumers' opinions and whether they like it or not. But I can tell you that um, without a doubt, we we accomplished what we set out to accomplish. Both blends are exactly what they were meant to be. Um, I'm super proud of the packaging. I'm I'm very proud of the distribution um, and and the enthusiasm that we saw when we released it. And now it's just incredible every day, you know, to see, you know, a, a, a new photo pop up with uh, with someone enjoying a Ferriotego cigar. It's uh, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah, I mean, you. So hold so, on one one so second. So Matthew, allegedly, allegedly you've got audio issues on your end. I, I uh, just I, I believe to hear me. I believe I just fixed it, so they should be able to hear me now. Well, for those that were well, for those who were waiting to hear my beautiful voice, I hadn't spoken yet, um, so now I have, Michael question first question of the night this is the elegancia here i have not smoked this yet i had one of the generosos i got my box here i did a split box beautiful pack so smart amazing. by the way let me just say that's the smartest thing to do is to go into your local retailer if they have them left and ask if you can split a box do five and five and you still get to take that travel humidor home um it's a super smart idea i expect nothing less obviously mr carney but super smart Thank idea you. Yeah, that box thank was you, really, you. really sharp, really, really nice. I like the concept behind that. I like the way so, the the humidity pack design kind of fit into that. It's just really, really class, really class display. Thanks, man. John, you were going to ask something. Go ahead, bro. So this says 2021 on it. So uh, one, tell me about this blend. And then two, will there be a 2022? But before you do that, in 2022, don't pre-split the box for us. Don't pre-split. Because somebody, no, no, somebody not. will, uh, somebody. I've already received a text message and said, "Oh, the box should come that way." Absolutely, one hundred percent. Do not. It's do that. so funny, man, because so many people have. At, you know, that's a, it's the perfect consumer response. Do an assortment pack. Do a you know do five and five, but they just don't sell. Retailers won't buy them. It's a yep. total disaster. And I appreciate the feedback, but we're not going to do it. Um, as thoughtful as that feedback is. So what you've got, John, and I think. Uh, Matthew, you also have is the yes. is the elegancia. Yep, that's made um, with the casadas, and 
Um, it's Nicaraguan, Dominican filler, Dominican binder, Connecticut, Ecuador wrapper. And men, uh, I mean, John, you're, you're a wine guy. Are you a wine guy, man? Yeah. So I love, um, I love wine, obviously. Um, but I, I drink probably more red than white three to one. Same. But when you find a white that makes you say, God, I need to drink more white. You know, we've all had those moments. For me, they are typically um, either very light, bright and beautiful, crisp, like summer whites, or they are these these big, sexy, not overly buttery, like, um, you know, over oaked shard, but just big bodied, creamy, buttery um, burgundies or, or other Chardonnays. And I just I I am in love with that um, that flavor profile, that body, that to be able to achieve that experience, and that's really what elegancia is. It is it is meant to be um, just just unctuous and and creamy and all the all the things that we love in cigars, um, but delivered in a body that we have come to expect from a lot of the new world cigars of say the last five or 10 years, you know, big Nicaraguan puros and, and uh, John, a lot of the stuff that you all have done, you know, big, full, heavy, dense cigars. Um, achieving big, heavy, dense smoke is not a difficult thing necessarily, but, but to do it with, with gracefulness and elegance and balance um, is a much harder thing to do. And, and that's what we set out to achieve here with the, elegancia and I, I think we certainly did it i would agree it's, with uh, that. it's funny when you mentioned when you mentioned creamy i had just i lit up and i, I got about a tenth of an inch and it's it's very creamy and people are wondering what cream tastes like it's not a taste it's a mouthfeel um it like, yeah, like I, I do john i do silky creamy velvety yeah. as the yeah. sort of curve of body and this is definitely creamy headed towards velvety i mean it's so even like look right there Body is, you can see body. When you took a puff, John, and you just let that smoke kind of flow out, it's massive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, it you can see the body. Um, yep. And and that's that's what we were trying to achieve. It's a, it's really, um, it is a beautiful, beautiful cigar. And I'm, I'm so pleased with all the work that the Casadas did. Um, that's a blend that we had been playing with for a couple of years. Um, without a project to apply it to. And so obviously as things started to move along quickly, we went, I went right back in, into the notebook, which I have over here and, you know, pulled out notes and pulled out blends and said, okay, let's, let's dive right in and make this happen. And, and uh, the second part there, so we got 2021 is, uh, is this something you'd like to do on a yearly basis? This type it, will of project? Be done, it will be done yearly. So if I go back to the, to the wine sort of reference, um, while this is not a vintage product per se, the way wine is. So of course, everything in the bottle is the year that's on the bottle. Um, in our case, that is that is not the case. However, Ferriotego, Elegancia and Generoso will be annual limited releases um, that will be made every year um, with the intention of keeping the experiences of Elegancia and Generoso the same, not unlike 
every year a winemaker tries to make their Chardonnay and Cabernet the same, um, but also with some allowable ebbs and flows um, as happens, right? So you have you have various crop changes and and uh, and weather pattern changes and things that affect flavor to a degree. Um, we will we will of course account for that and adjust as we blend. But the intention is not to absolutely replicate exactly the same experience, but to really allow a bit for for some uh, uniqueness to each um, annual release. But an Elegancia will never be like a Generoso. Generoso will never be like an Elegancia. The the spirit really is that they stay the same. Um, and we've also tried to to just simplify everything. So it's a six by fifty, period, full stop. It's two experiences, Elegancia Generoso, period. They're sold in travel humidors of 10 cigars, period. That's it. It's very simple. It's very clean. It's very approachable. It's easy for people to get their heads around, and it eliminates a lot of the um, questions, a lot of discretion, a lot of, you know, which size do I pick, what this do I pick. It just keeps it very simple, very direct, uh, and it's proven successful so far, thank God. Yeah, we already have a few questions in the comments here. First is for John. Um, I'll let him answer this one. Why the Alabama hat? Roll Tide. I, well, I answered it in the comments. I've, I've been an Alabama fan my whole life. They're in the National Championship game Monday. Self-explanatory. I think the person asking it uh, might not be a Bama fan. Yeah, I, I, I get that feeling as well. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Um, will you have a budget cigar, Michael? Is the next question. Of course. Uh, we have. Uh, well, I, first of all, it, it depends. I would say Ferio Tego is a budget cigar because if you if you compare the price at $21 for these experiences and you look at like experiences, you cannot get this experience generally at $21. They're, they're typically much, much more expensive when you look at packaging and blend and size, etc. But to be clear, Ferio Tego is not just our limited release. Ferriotego is a portfolio um, including the Timeless Collection. So Timeless Collection is between, uh, say, 8 $9 up to, I think, 12 or $13 when you go from the Prestige and, and Supreme up into Sterling and Panamericana. So again, budget depends on budget. Of course, I don't want to uh, spend other people's money. But the, the Timeless Collection is certainly um, in that sweet spot call it eight to 12. Um, and then we have not yet released our metropolitan selection, which is five more, uh, blends that date back to the 1990s. They, they've been in market, some of them, you know, 25 plus years. Uh, and those are between seven and, and 10. I think the, the, uh, the smaller host size is at $6 and 80 cents, something like that. Um, uh, and very close to the price that we, that, that they were when we closed the business as Nat Sherman International. So again, I, I, I don't want to um, pretend I know what budget um, the person is referring to, but the total portfolio of Ferriotego will start at um, the Metropolitan and its five blends in that seven to 11 range. Then the Timeless Collection with four blends in um, call it eight to, 8 to 12, 8 to 13, and then uh, the Ferio Tego annual limited release um, is 21 this year. 
Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I was always a big fan of the Timeless Supreme. So for me, that was that was the one that I was like, huh. I hope I hope I hope that sticks around. Um, so yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you smoked it, but it's it's as delicious as it was. I mean, we worked really hard with with all our manufacturers to make sure that um, that we brought everything back the way it was, which is not an easy thing to do, by the way, because when you when you're maintaining a blend over time, typically typically you just have to replace maybe one tobacco at a time. So it's it's much easier to create that continuity. But we didn't make any of these blends for a year and a half. And so we had to basically reblend everything in order to keep the blends the same. Um, but again, I mean, lots of credit to to our manufacturing partners that that really worked hard and quickly with us to make sure that everything was the same. So Supreme, if you haven't had it yet, I saw you have one there. I hope you're liking it. Yeah, I haven't had the new ones yet. Um, I haven't, I haven't tracked those down. Even, even tracking down the the Ferio Tegos that I have, I only got a few. I, I wanted a box, but I couldn't even get my hands on a box at the time. Um, so I'm still out there looking for one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. So I, I do love the Supreme, the, the Timeless Supreme. That was gonna be my next question. Was you know, the blending process. So you know, you, which you kind of already covered, but you know, I know the biggest thing that you said was you wanted to try and keep some consistency during that transition. So the challenge of like you were already kind of talking about of, you know, almost restarting, you know, and by trying to replicate something that was already there, um, uh, definitely is not an easy task. Um, do you, do you have plans at this time to expand outside of the existing brands in the Ferro Tego brands and maybe do another, a whole new, another line that's like a regular production. That's, you know, not like the Ferro Tego. Yeah. Oh, listen, man, we're, We've got all we've got all kinds of plans, you know. Full disclosure, we, we're we're working on as much development as we can. Um, working on and launching are obviously two different things. Um, we also just have to be very thoughtful about what we're doing, and that's not a new philosophy. That's the same philosophy I applied when I was at Nat Sherman. You know, we we don't want to just keep cranking out products and cranking out new lines and cranking out limiteds and. You know, it, it becomes very meme-ish, and that's not what we're trying to do. I mean, even our uh, – take take Metropolitan, for example. Our, our latest Metropolitan release was 2016 with the Metropolitan Habano. But these are core brands. I mean, brands that people turn to when they're – when they run out of their meme-limited editions. Um, these are cigars that we work very hard – to maintain consistently for years and years and years so that you can always pick one up and it's always the same. And, um, you know, this is a this is an interesting time in culture where there's this, this constant um, drumbeat of change and new, 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 new. But if you actually look at the data of our industry, we still really thrive in core. Um, and so our first plan is to make sure that we restore core and that's Metropolitan and Timeless. So Timeless is out, Metropolitan is coming very soon. But I'm not naive to the reality that people do want new things. So we, we will have, in addition to the 2022 Ferio Tego limited editions, we will certainly have some um, additional 
um, fun, limited releases. Um, but truth be told, at this point, there is no plan for a full line um, regularly available for 2022. We've got some fun projects, but right now, I mean, listen, we're, we have a bit of an identity crisis. I mean, let's face the reality here. Ferry Otego is one year old. And we've only been in market for 12 weeks. Very that true. Is, that is a baby company. But we're also already in over 400 stores. We're distributed by Davidoff USA. And we have a portfolio of products that people have been smoking for decades. And so that's a very, um, it's a unique challenge for us because we embrace the fact that we're still a two-person company. We're, we are still a, a, a very small startup family business. That's the reality of what we are. But it's also, it's, it's, not, um, it's not wrong to, to also look at this as a, this is year 10, not year one, right? I mean, this is year 10 for me working on Timeless. So it, it, I, I recognize that identity crisis, um, but what I've asked for is just the same I've asked for when I was standing at the PCA when I saw you with no samples and no prices, is I would just ask for um, some, some understanding and some patience and just continued advocacy and support. I, could not, I couldn't be prouder of where we are and what we've accomplished in 12 months. I'm incredibly excited about what we've done in 12 weeks um, in market, but we have so much to do just to accomplish the original goal, which is to continue the legacy of the work that we did for 10 years that just got shut down. Once that's achieved, and once we can bring some of these fun little um, projects to market this year, then I think 2023, you'll, you'll see a new line. Yeah, I, I would, I would meant, I would say, you know, you have these, you have these established brands that you intimately spent significant time on refacing, tweaking certain blends, building with that. And it would be remiss to only focus on Ferry Otego because it's a really different proposition. Um, and it becomes an even diff more different proposition if you were to focus exclusively on the Ferry Otego products and not the others. And the further you get from where those brands were like Timeless, if you forgot about Timeless for five years to focus just on a Ferry Otego line, you would be doing Timeless a disservice. Um, well, and let's, and, but let's and also make sure that we're clear, John. Timeless mm -hmm. is Ferry Otego. 100%. Metropolitan is Ferry Otego. These are bolted 100%. on to the umbrella of Ferry Otego. And, you know, you, you raised an interesting point. You know, I my first project as a quote blender, which I still would not consider myself a blender, but I've made I've created blends. My first project was Timeless. Now we know it as Timeless Prestige, which I did in in 2000. Uh, when the hell did I join? 2011. And but for for all those nine years work creating the, all the timeless blends, adding to Metropolitan, the Epicote line. It was work that I did as an employee. That was my job. And it was for Nat Sherman International. 
And so in some ways, I was talking to someone the other day. It's almost like I was a ghostwriter for mm-hmm. nine years, you know, that that you'd work on this stuff and you would create it. But ultimately, you know, it, it wasn't my banner. It was the, the company banner. But that's the job I signed up for. And I'm and I'm grateful for the opportunity. This now is the opportunity to kind of um, claim the work. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. you know, when, when people show me a like this timeless prestige and they say, you know, uh, but this is old Nat Sherman, but this is my work. You know, this was, my, <clears throat> this is my baby. This is my first blend that I ever did is this. Um, and so it, it means a lot to me to that, that timeless now wears the Ferry Otago secondary band. Timeless is Ferry Otago. Metropolitan is Ferry Otago. Yeah. yeah and I, I, uh, I would say too, it's important to do that because you put the work into that and you said you already have the work prior to it. If you just started a brand that just said Ferry Otago on it, not with sub brands and whatnot, you would be doing yourself a significant disservice because of all the effort that you did put into it. Uh, you know, you know, that's, well, that's, there. that's why we that's, bought that's, it. That's going to be generated. Exactly. That's why we bought it. It was heartbreaking to think that all the work was just going to be gone. I mean, it was so much work and let's face it. You know, for those that followed along for the for the nine years of of my time with Nat Sherman, but in particular, let's say the the post Altria years, bro, bro, that was a lot of work that happened in those three years to preserve and grow the business. I mean, we had a we had some serious challenges and we overcame them. And so to think that that we were just gonna have to close it all and just put them all on the shelf. It was a very difficult pill to swallow and one that we weren't willing to swallow without trying to save and preserve the work. And and thankfully, um, Altria was incredibly gracious and willing to work with us and give us the opportunity to continue to do exactly that, to save our work, to continue the work and to restore it. Um, so it's been it's quite an opportunity. Uh I was curious, Michael, I know that you worked on some blends and stuff during your time at Nat Sherman, but during this time launching Ferry Otago and getting all the cigars prepared for that company in this new venture, would you say that you worked on more blending? Did you learn more about blending and and tobacco and all that stuff kind of now in this process where you've had to really be hands-on with everything because it's kind of your own child now at this point? Um, Honestly, no. I learned more about blending in my nine years with Nat Sherman because I was in Dominican every six weeks and I was in Nicaragua four times a year. And that's where you learn, you have to be there. But unfortunately, there's been a global pandemic for the last two years. And so that has not permitted me the ability to get down and spend the same amount of time. Um, But fortunately, because of the of the decade I've spent in the factories, um, this work was already done over 10 years. So this work was really, I'll tell you, this this is where the power and the value of real, genuine relationships and partnerships, um, where that value is truly shown. Because we created a company one year ago today and things really did not get better this year. 
from a from a health standpoint, from a pandemic standpoint, yeah, there were ebbs and flows. But man, it was not easier to travel. It was not easier to get down there. Both Dominican Republic, Nicaragua had had very strict um, restrictions, and so we did the majority of this work over things like this, over Zooms, FedEx and samples back and forth, and just trusting the partners to do it right. So I, I can't take credit for a lot of that early work. That early work was done by each respective factory going back and, and starting from scratch and giving me feedback and then saying, okay, we're going to ship you, you know, these, these two or three final versions and you tell us which one strikes you as closest to original and that's what we do. And that's what we did. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I said, I haven't had any of the, the new Timeless and some of the other stuff yet. Um, so I can't really compare for myself, but based on, you know, just... I have. <clears throat> hey, John, have you? Yeah, I've smoked, um, I've smoked the Timeless Prestige. I've had both of these limited editions now. What was the other one? Um, there's two lines, correct, Michael? In Timeless... What, what other than the... Timeless, there was the Supreme, Prestige, Sterling, and Panamericana are the four Timeless that are in market. And then the two, Ferriotego, Elegancia Generoso. So, so I've had the Sterling, I've had the Prestige, and I haven't smoked the Supreme yet. So I have two left to try. What was the, uh, what was the hardest part, I would say, about... Because you mentioned before... I mean, we all know it too. It, this is a very unique situation for you. you. You start a new company, but with brands that you've already been working on for 10 years. So given that whole uniqueness, you know, most people, they start a new brand, everything's new, or maybe they, they buy someone out and everything's kind of existing and it's a little bit more turnkey, but there's things you got to learn. You kind of were a little bit of both. What was the hardest part in launching Ferriotego when you take all of the things considered? Um... You know, the, just the overall logistics of it. So I've, I've done it all. I've done it all before. So it was kind of doing it again, but I had the great fortune for a decade to work for Nat Sherman, where there was still an enterprise of people that were helping. In this case, it was Brendan and I for a large part of it. And so you, you lose track of just how many steps there actually are. So just, just consider, you know, for, for Ferriotego limited edition, there's a foot band, there's a secondary band, there's a principal band, there's a blend uh, that needs to go in cellophane. The cellophane needs a UPC sticker. The UPC number has to be assigned by the Lord UPC agency or whatever that is. You also need a <laughs> UPC for the box. Then you need to have the right compliance language the boxes, the cardboard and the felt outer, are made um, with a manufacturer in China. The humidor is made in Nicaragua. The cigars were made in Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. I mean, bro, it, just the logistics, it, it, was, it was six or seven countries participating in the manufacture of those two products. And then at the same time, 
you know, we were smart enough to say, well, let's do Timeless and Metropolitan too. So now you got, you know, 40 SKUs for a startup, 40 SKUs, each one with two UPCs, each one that needs the appropriate cellophane, the appropriate principal band, secondary band. Then you add the box manufacturing to that and each detail of the boxes, the outer label, the inner label, the filettes, the, the silk screen, if it needs silk screen, the California warning label, the, it's, it is truly mind boggling the, the different steps and the different people and partners. So just getting our arms around making sure that we didn't miss a step was very hard. But honestly, the hardest part was waiting. Like once it was done and the orders were in, then we just waited for the product to be here. And that was absolute torture because there was just nothing to do. We didn't have samples. We didn't have, you know, like I think about being at the trade show. We were there waiting, you know, and that was a very painful uh, couple of months. Yeah, the- was that was that more was that more challenging for you that waiting period in terms of your, your personal reaction to it or was it more challenging once everything was completed and out into the market waiting to see if there were any errors omissions uh, what what for you was that what part of that was more challenging after it no, being no, in the market or waiting for it? in market so i look at in market and i look at that pre-market prep that's just total chaos, both sides of it. And I thrive in chaos. I really, I, I love it. Um, Cause it's, it's rapid and it's engaging and you can affect change immediately. And you make a decision you look at your options, you make another decision, you look at your options, you tweak, you pivot, you know, it's calling, it's, it's responsive. It's so I, I have no problem with that. Um, it's just when there's nothing, there's nothing left to do in that waiting period, it was, you know, trying to do shows and trying to, how do you create energy around something when there's nothing to touch and feel and taste and smoke? And, you know, it's like, Matthew, you, you said it, this was the most anticipated, mm-hmm. but bro, it was anticipated for a long time, Yeah, you know? And so how do you not, um, how do you thoughtfully express gratitude for that anticipation and keep some level of of um, uh, momentum without people feeling like they're getting jerked around, you know. And and delays happened, and things got pushed a month here or a month there. A month there, um, and it is what it is. But you know, you don't want to take advantage of people's advocacy and excitement. Um, and so it, it was just a very difficult balancing act of trying to be very transparent and honest and let people know what was happening as it happened and still maintain that enthusiasm and maintain that anticipation but also try and manage expectations and have have nothing nothing to give or share or show that was a very very difficult part but now we're in market and there are the mistakes and there is the chaos and you know that's perfect like i'll give you a great example we had uh, products come in from Nicaragua, and the first shipment, none of the boxes have the Ferriotego box seal on it, and totally my bad. 
I was so we were so careful about making sure that we had the UPCs in the right location and the California warning sticker in the right location, the ribbon on the right cigar in each box based on the number of cigars in the box. And I totally just assumed that everyone would have assumed that the Ferriotego box seal goes on the box. But because I didn't explicitly put it in my instructions, it, it didn't get done. And we got all we got the shipment in and. There's no box seal. And like, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, nothing. We're going to sell them. We're going to ship them. I'm going to tell the story, apologize, and the next shipment is going to be fixed. And that's it. You know, those are those are fun kind of early startup problems. We just happen to be a much bigger startup than most, I guess. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that it was still it was still great to see you guys at the trade show, even though, you, like you said, you didn't have anything. I had hugs um, and stories. That's right. You did. Um, you uh, you were like the first interview we did this year at PCA. Um, it was great to see you guys at the booth. You had the boxes on display, but that was it. <laughs> but it, no, it was still cool. It was awesome to see the boxes um, in person, um, which I still think are very, very elegant, classy, very um, ultra premium. You know, you, you, yeah. It, it, I think that the design on that was done very, very well, and I think it suits the cigar. Now that I've, now that I've smoked both of them, I mean, they're definitely an ultra premium cigar. I think that's the perfect box form to be presented in. Um, I think it really wraps up the whole thing together, and I think job well done. You know, and thank you. It and, I, and, and not to, it not to good. not to split hairs, but just a reminder for folks looking: that's not a cigar box. It is a travel humidor. It is a functioning, beautifully made, handmade, Okume-lined travel humidor. There's a there's a compartment down below. The bottom lifts up. You can it comes with the humidif jelly packs. You can replace that. You can put um, uh, a large Boveda 60 gram. John, can you just pull like two or three cigars out for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Just to see that slotted bottom. Because these this. The, the whole point of this is that it, it can live on. So that slotted bottom in John's fancy camera background, you can't really see it, but that slotted bottom comes out and then and you activate that humidification. You could store these cigars in this box forever. You don't need to put them in a humidor. As long as you maintain the humidity within this travel humidor, it's, they are perfect, perfect just there in their own house. And yeah, so that they was are right there. Me, you know, I mean, I, I take that box everywhere I go and I load it, whether I put Ferriotego Limiteds in there or I put my Timeless in there. I put that box in. I throw it in my suitcase. I throw it in my bag. And, you know, it's it is a travel humidor. It's a beautiful, beautiful item it's, by itself. It really is. It's funny you mentioned that, Mike, because I, I have I have a cooler, like a wine cooler humidor. It's a, one of those companies. It's, Matt, what's the brand I have? It's called Adu. Uh, right? Adu. Adu. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife got me that for Christmas, which is great. But I have uh, a little drawer in the front of my house, and I live in Florida, so fortunately it's humid. But I have I have a couple boxes in there, and this is one of the ones. And I pulled this one out, and I forgot that it was the humidor. I was like, oh, it's a beautiful box. And then I pulled the cigar out, and it felt very different because I have a box of uh, Opus Twenties in there, and I have a Boveda, uh, Boveda pack in there, but I pulled this out and I grabbed it. I'm like, this cigar is in perfect condition and it's been in my drawer. Listen, this is, them, so it's, it's been like three it's months. Okume, it's Okume wood, non-porous, mm -hmm. non-aromatic. It's 
it's a full Boyd seal. So you have absolute seal top to bottom, no air bleed. It's an unbelievably beautiful humidor. It really is. And I know we did great because I just saw it on eBay last week. <laughs> For how much? I don't remember, like 30 bucks. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's nice. That's, that's a steal. You should no, grab that it box. Did, it did come out really nice, and um, I think it's excellent. Very well done. It was a great representation of, of your new brand, in my opinion. And um, you know, the only thing I did like about it is there's been a lot of humidor packaging sent out in the years. It's it's not obnoxious, like it's normal. It's not a tobacco hut. Um, it's not a beer stein. It's not a hundred count humidor that you're gonna find a place. But this this works with anyone's life. You know, I really like the small size. I think the word luxury gets overblown and overused and abused. Um, so I don't like to use it, but I use elegant a lot, and hence the name of the cigar that you're smoking, the Elegancia. But it is elegant. It's meant to be, you know, that balance of elegance and and sophistication, but also some level of just utility and function. And when you take that whole thing and you put that together, I believe it is not um, unreasonable that it's two hundred and ten dollars. And it couldn't it couldn't be less than that. I mean, if you if you bought that travel humidor as a retail item, how much would how much would you pay for a travel humidor like that? I mean, I don't know. What would it be? A hundred bucks? So right? there was I mean, a pack something like that. Yeah. There was packaging. There was packaging a few. It was probably five six years ago that we had an LFD that we changed. There was the chisel sampler set. I think you remember that, Mike. It was the cedar box. It had the joints and stuff. That package cost $5. So that doesn't sound crazy, but that was just a really basic piece of cedar wood with hinges on it. It was nice, and it had five cigars in it. So it was a dollar a cigar. So the type of – to have nice packaging, it costs money. So something like this is, is beautiful. It's a great part of the purchase. And I, I'll tell you, it's not just easier on the show because, you know, if I thought it was garbage, I would tell you. I wouldn't say it publicly on the show, but I would tell you after. I compliment you. But uh, – the cigar, it's nice to have something like that and have the cigar inside match it. And I also, you know, if just to go back to the, the, the question that the gentleman asked earlier about a budget cigar. Uh, you know, Matthew, when we announced Ferry Otego, it's no secret, you reached out to me immediately and said that you were hearing pushback on the price. Yep. Um, I saw on a follow-up show that you guys did, you, you spoke about the price. And I've... I've read reviews where people criticize the price and say, you know, keep the box, keep the bands. I just want the cigar. You know, that's, it's just not, it's not what this cigar is. And it's not meant to be exclusive. It's not meant to be um, unapproachable, but it is meant to be special. It's meant to, um, to move you. In a meaningful way that when you when you buy it, when you look at it, when you open that humidor, when you take this cigar out, you look at my family crest, you cut it. it there's a there's a, a, a built in, I hope, reverence for the product because it is so special. And again, when you look at like products, this is on the very low end. This is the entry of the luxury market, really. I mean, we've we've created a new 
barrier that you can enter the real luxury cigar space at at twenty one dollars. We all know that there is a lot of cigars out there that cost way more that deliver way less. And one thing that I've always appreciated that we did at Nat Sherman, it's a it's a philosophy I believed in then, and it's one that I share now, is we have always over delivered on value, always. And we've had cigars that were expensive in the past. We'll continue to have cigars that are that may be considered expensive, but no one should feel that they're not getting their money's worth. They should feel absolutely like they won. Um, they won in this deal. And I hope when you hold that humidor and you open it and you look at these cigars and then you cut it and light it and taste it, um, I hope you experience um, the, the, the love and intention behind uh, what these cigars are meant to be. And then, of course, bolted onto that is, is <clears throat> timeless. And then under that in price is Metropolitan. And I am as proud to light up a Metropolitan Connecticut for $7 as I am a Ferio Tego for $21 uh, because it, it's taken a lot of the same work. In fact, the, the responsibility to preserve Metropolitan is is almost a more awesome responsibility, excuse me, than, than creating Ferio Tego because you're talking about carrying on decades of legacy. That is a hell of a responsibility, uh, but it's one that I've, I'm very proud of that I think we've been able to do successfully, and uh, and Metropolitan will be in market very, very, very soon to sort of complete that restoration process. Yeah, you know, I think— Is, is, this, Ecuador, is this Ecuador, Connecticut, or is this U.S. Connecticut? I can't tell because the lighting— Ecuador. Yeah, man, it's, that's a really nice-looking Ecuador and Connecticut wrapper. It really the, is. That the Ecuador usually has a yellow— like a little bit darker yellow tint to it. This is a really light uh, Ecuador, Connecticut. It, it's it's, it's nice. It's really different. Yeah, it is. It's different. Yeah, it does have a nice color to it. Um, what I was going to say was, you know, Michael, since you brought up the price thing, um, having smoked the cigars now, seen it, you know, whatever, um, I can now officially say, you know, I think that you get what you pay for. And I think that, you know, when you say you made something special, right? You wanted something that was special in these these two cigars. All their cigars are special, but with these two specifically, there was more of a, a little bit more of a romance to it, if, you know, so to speak, right? So when you take that into consideration, you take into the consideration the work you put into the travel humidor that they come in that you can always keep and use, and you get a travel humidor out of it that's, I think, one of the sharpest ones I've seen. Um it's really, it's really it's really not on a, eBay and get some money back. Yeah, I know, it's true. But it's really for for what it is, I mean it's really not it's really not that crazy. You know, in the grand scheme yeah. when you think about it, there's there's yeah. other there's other ten count boxes that, that come in similar kinds of packaging, some of them humidor, some of them are just really nice boxes that, that go for two or three times the price. Um, and like you well, said, there hey, there's it's there not a, there, those bells and whistles are important to the brand. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, not after Matthew, you had shared the feedback that you had gotten. And I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, you know, we, we worked on this, putting this project together. We didn't start with price. We started with making 
the single best possible cigar we could make? And then how do you honor a blends like that? And so it, it compounded and compounded and compounded until you get what you have today. And, and that is a $210 acquisition. And a buddy of mine, and I said, you know, but some people were like, well, I just want the cigars or can I buy them in bundles or will you sell refill bundles or will you, you know, all this other stuff. And the answer is no, because that's not Ferio Tego. Ferio Tego is this complete, perfect package. And my buddy, uh, who's a wealthy guy, and he said, he said, look, I drive a Mercedes because of the total package. And I know lots of people who say, well, you know, I'll take a Mercedes, but you know, like, uh, I don't need, uh, I don't need this engine. You can give me a cheaper engine and I don't need this, uh, feature. Give me this. I don't need, uh, you know, an extra power this, give me this. And you start trading down the equity of the brand. Well, that's not Mercedes, right? Mercedes is the bells and whistles. Now, by no means am I comparing Ferio Tego to Mercedes, but it was the, it was an interesting response that he gave me um, for context and that that reassured me that we had made the right decision, that this is the right packaging. They are the right blends. It's worth three bands. It's worth having felt on the bottom of that box. It's worth having um, that beautiful felt outer. It's worth having the gold on the cardboard. It's worth having the gold on the box. Um, you can't smoke that. It doesn't make the cigars taste better, but I'll be damned if it doesn't make you feel better. And that is a part of, of loving a brand and loving a product and experiencing it um, beyond just the pure functionality of cutting and lighting a premium cigar. Because there are lots of cigars designed just to cut, light, and enjoy. But this really is intended to be more than that. Um, and so I think, I think we have achieved what we set out to achieve. Well, <clears throat> we have one last question for you before we have to hit a couple of segments and then get on to some other stuff that we wanted to talk about with you tonight. But from the chat, where do you see Ferio Tego in the next five years? Rapid, but um, disciplined growth. So there are, I mean, look, there were a lot of things that we could not do for Timeless and Metropolitan under um, Nat Sherman ownership and under Altria ownership. And a lot of those restrictions are uh, alleviated. Those restrictions were because um, both Nat Sherman prior to acquisition of Altria and post certainly um, were subject to sort of umbrella restrictions because of their participation in the cigarette business, which we don't participate in. Uh, and so that allows us to play um, with the same rule book that the rest of the premium cigar industry gets to play with. And so that gives us really um, a fresh start to grow timeless and metropolitan in ways that we could not do historically. Um, but it, we also have the, while I'm grateful that I was able to apply an entrepreneurial spirit to my time at Nat Sherman, it is very different as I'm learning each and every day. Um, an entrepreneurial spirit as an employee versus 
the entrepreneurial spirit of an entrepreneur. Um, and when it's your money on the line and when it's your ability to make immediate decisions for the business, um, you do it with a different level of scrutiny and discretion and thoughtfulness. And, uh, and so I would say that we will spend the next five years making sure that first, that we maintain the quality and consistency of the products that we are putting in market today. That's first. So five years from now, Metropolitan, Timeless, Ferriotego, Elegancia, and Generoso will still be in market and they will be as good in five years as they are today. That's first. Um, but second, I think you will see Ferriotego grow in ways that will hopefully be unconventional. Um, that we play in spaces that are authentic to us, that we continue to develop um, experiences that are new and unique and different, and that we look to find ways to play in the spaces rather than to follow trends. And that's something that I'm very proud of uh, that we did with Nat Sherman International, and it's certainly something that we will continue as Ferriotego. And I would also say in five years, Ferriotego will also hopefully still be um, a highly anticipated, sought after brand that is a still very small family business. I think that was really well said. But we do need to uh, we do need to hit a couple of segments that we missed earlier in the show because we got there was a lot of excitement here I mean, when Michael showed up. I mean we we skipped right over two of our segments we normally do just with all of this anticipation. I still got more surprises. Um, Good, but hang on, R real quick, bro. Um, I talked about Elegancia, but I didn't talk about Generoso. Can I just say what the blend is real fast? Go ahead, right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Spend time in the beginning. So the the Elegancia we talked about in the beginning. If you're just tuning in now, go back and watch it earlier um but the generoso um elegancia is made by with the casadas we did this blend with the placentias not unlike elegancia these were blends that we had been working on and playing with so when it was time to put the pedal to the metal and rock and roll we went opened up the notebook went back to the archive pulled out some really exciting blends that we kind of were playing with in the hopper and brought this to market this is um nicaraguan filler nicaraguan binder honduran wrapper um Significant portion of the filler is from Jalapa, which is silly because Jalapa is very expensive and beautiful for wrapper, but it's got a wonderful gracefulness to it um, for its flavor. And so this cigar, though quite rich, hence the name Generoso, um, though quite rich and generous in its flavor, it is also, it is not an ass kicker despite the half wheel review which they said it got him cigar drunk i haven't spoken to another person that shared that experience this is a full-bodied darker style rich cigar with an incredible journey by the way start to finish as far as how the flavor develops um uh but really a wonderful cigar and again we we did this blend with uh placentia so okay, back to you. But I wanted to make sure I didn't forget to. Talk no, no, about no. It. Yeah, no. That that's great. No, I, I forgot all about that, and, and I'm and I'm really glad you brought that up because I uh, I did want to make sure we we did cover both of those. Um, first of all, so we've already mentioned it. We already talked about it. But the cigars we spoke of tonight are Ferriotego, the Elegancia, and the Generoso. But um, 
There's also, as we mentioned, there's also the Timeless Collection. If you head over to twoguyscigars.com, you can find the Timeless Collection. I don't think that they have any more Ferro Tego. They, from what I understand, they sold out of theirs real fast. They sold out in 24 hours. In fact, I was on Dave's show, and um, they sold out before Dave even got to see the box. Never mind smoke one. And funny story, a buddy of mine from high school, Seth Jones, um, has acquired a significant number of Ferro Tego, God bless his soul. And uh, he came to the filming, and he overheard Dave telling me the story that uh, that he didn't even see the box, never mind smoke one. And as we were having this conversation, Seth, a wonderful human being and consumer, went to his truck, got a box of Ferro Tego, brought it in, showed Dave, opened it, and handed him one and put it in his pocket. And if that's not like the, the perfect example of how special our industry is, here's a consumer who, by the way, bought a box from Dave gave Dave a cigar that he paid full price for just so that he could enjoy it. Um, you know, that was special. But I believe they did sell out of uh, of the Limiteds, but they do have Timeless, and uh, they will get Metropolitan as well. So you can always head over to twoguyscigars.com, and you can find those when they are available, and that is the number two guyscigars.com. Yeah, I think I was on the show the week before you, and I remember we finished, and... We were talking, and he was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, Michael's coming on next week. And I asked him about Ferry Otago, and he goes, I didn't even get one. And I said, really? Because we sold out of it so fast because I never even saw the box. And he's like, I hope Michael brings, brings me one next week because I don't, I don't have any more. <laughs> I actually did bring him one because I don't have that many either. Um, I brought him one because I heard he didn't get one. And then Seth gave him one, so then I gave mine to Seth. And so the circle goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our news segment this week is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe Madness is coming up. So don't forget to head over to McAuliffeCigars.com and keep an eye out for the McAuliffe Madness brackets. And while you're at it, sign up to become an ambassador today by getting your ambassador coin and your official ambassador number. Uh, This week, United Cigars, who we talked a little bit about on the Spare Notes show last week, um, had an incredible year last year and... Then Oliver was with us, and we talked a little bit more. Um, they, they had a great year last year. It sounds like they have some great things lined up for 2022. Um, and they've already started with announcing that they will be the U.S. distributor for Arnold Andre, a brand that's pretty well known over in Europe, now making its debut in the U.S. Gentlemen, have you guys heard about this? I heard about I heard about the acquisition through social media. I've never heard of the company, so I, I have no... I don't think it's an acquisition. Uh, it's a distribution agreement. Yeah, it's, yeah, distribution. Yes, distribution. Yeah, not an acquisition. But, I, but I, no, I'm not familiar with a cigar. I've not smoked their handmade premium cigars, um, but they're a, a very large player in the machine-made premium space. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to smoke those cigars over the years, and they're, they're actually very, very um, interesting blends. It's amazing, actually, how you can how you can play with tobaccos when you're doing short filler premium. Cause some of their blends are like 13 different tobaccos really blended together. They're really, really interesting. So they're Arnold Andre is a, is a serious, serious company. Yeah. They will be bringing over the Montosa and the Terra Nova, which the Terra Nova uses dark fired Kentucky tobaccos inside it. Fire cured Kentucky tobaccos inside the blend. 
Um, so those two will be will be making their way. They will be on display at TPE later this month in Las Vegas. Michael, will you be at TPE? Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you there. I know John. I don't think John will be there, but I'll uh, I'll yes, definitely sir. we'll definitely see you there. And John, I'll tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll come out with smoking tobacco. You don't know. That would be fantastic. We'll hit the the smoking tobacco road crew. Yeah, the street team. There. I think you get should come. I think you should come too. I I I don't no, think I don't think he will. For a trade show. I don't think he will, and I know why, <laughs> but I won't say. <laughs> I need one real bad. I need a trade show so bad. It's not even funny. It's been you know it's been over. It's been two years since I've been to a trade show. But come as media. I my smoking tobacco gear. Yeah, I could come as media, and I could be annoying, ask for samples, ask asking you know irritating questions over and over again. And when people I ask you, great at it actually. When people ask you about La Flor Dominicana, you just say, "I don't know anything about LFD. I'm here as smoking tobacco. I cannot. I can't speak on behalf of that. I don't know anything about it." And just pretend that it doesn't exist, and wear your shirt and your Alabama hat, and you can come and you can and you can interview Michael with me. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did I did want to hit that really quick because, like I said, we normally run those early on the show. But one thing I want to bring up, and then we're going to get to a little bit of a different topic with Michael on something that he did last year and he will be doing again this year. Um, we actually. Well, they're a little related. So earlier this week, we had um, Abe DeBobna and Alex Tavella from Smoke Inn on the show talking a little bit about the Great Smoke, which, Michael, you were the host of that show last year, um, and you did a fantastic job. It was great. And uh, we were talking a little bit about TGS 2022, which there are more virtual tickets. A hundred more virtual tickets were added up for grabs as of Tuesday when the boys were on the show. Um, and during that show, we actually, I decided to pull a mulligan. This was not originally part of the plan, but I decided to pull a mulligan. Um, and I, I presented the first smoke and tobacco award for 2021. And that was retailer of the year, which went to smoke in for all of the things that they have been doing well and, the, and the projects they've been working on and the way they pulled off that great smoke, which Michael, again, you were a part of, and, and that was a fantastic event and uh, we will be there next month. So I'll see you down there as well. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, I, I have another opportunity here, and we have Michael Herklotz on the show tonight. And Michael Herklotz, you are the 2021 Smoke and Tobacco Man of the Year. Really? Yes. Bro, For the way that you, without going too far into the past, the way that you gracefully and so professionally and elegantly, words I know you like, um... You wrapped up your chapter at Nat Sherman, and then you went out as a free agent on the road, and you created your own home, and we talked about it tonight with Ferry Otago and all the work that you and Brendan put into that, and you went to the trade show. You didn't have cigars. You didn't have samples, but you were fucking there. You were there. You still showed up. You know? Yeah. You were still there, and you rolled out a great product. You've done a really great job ever since. And I just think that bravo to you, and you are the man of the year for us, 2021. Yo, that's uh, that's very – oh, John, are you talking? You're on mute, I think. Yeah, he was muted. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, sorry, I had a train. I was saying, Mike, one of the big things for me that, that makes makes you the man of the year for me is 
is the way you transitioned from the exhausting effort that you put into uh, respectfully ending a a generational tobacco business and growing another one. But the amount of mental toughness and and dude, it was it had to have been exhausting to do all of this and and to ha- and try to set the next step up at the same time. And that that to me was really impressive. And at the time, was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, just to close down a business was exhausting, and then to start another one was exhausting. Uh, so I, I give you hats off to, to pulling it off, man. It's almost like a marathon. Dude, seriously. Like, it was like nonstop for you yeah. for the last 18 months. It, was, it has been nonstop. And honestly, I have to say, first of all, thank you um, for, the, for the words, both of you. And thank you for the, the award, Matthew. Um, in, in a very strange way, uh, it was incredibly helpful because this has been an awful time. Right. COVID has been crazy. Uh, And I had so much work to do throughout all of it. I mean, we closed the company because we couldn't sell it in a pandemic that created an enormous amount of work that kept me busy while a lot of people were stuck at home and doing remote. You know, it wasn't fun closing a store, but it also was it was really um uh, it was really therapeutic and cathartic to be able to get into the city and spend time with coworkers and be together in such a difficult time instead of just having to do that remotely. And then, you know, as we rang in 2021, um, starting something brand new and working on this incredible project f- for us. Right, not doing it for another company, not being an employee, but actually skin in the game, everything on the line, being able to do this for us in such a challenging time was was an incredible experience too. And it's it's really kept me it's kept me busy, it's kept me sharp. Um, it's you know, I love my family, I've loved the time that I've been able to spend with my family during this pandemic. Um, and you know, if I was going to ask, if I was going to ask myself what my purpose is, obviously family is first, but it has given me renewed purpose too, to just make sure that this works because it has to work. Ferry Otego is going to be successful because it must be, and it will be. And to be able to have that kind of, uh, that kind of pressure and that kind of, um, uh, you know, stimulant to go, I think has been really quite helpful throughout this um, pandemic. So thank you. Thank you again for the recognition. It's really, it's very cool. Absolutely. Um, You know, putting these awards together was fun. I think it was more fun than the the top 10 list and the top 25 lists. Um, You know, being, being a little bit different and, um, I, you were the first name that came up, and there was several names that came up, but you were the first name, and we just kept circling back to you and being like, you know, he just – you got to give him a lot of credit. He worked very hard. Um, and Bro, it, the it last shows. time I was on your show, didn't didn't Coop give me an award? He did. He did. And I'm was, just going to keep coming on this show, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Bro, I've been coming on for like, you know, like a year and a half. I haven't won anything. Yeah, that's because you guys haven't done anything. 
way, I'm just way, joking. I want to give you. I, I want to give you on behalf of John Carney and to the to the distaste of our friend David Garofalo. I want to present you with the John Carney Entrepreneur of the Year Award. You better have a plaque or something for him, because then you're just gonna look cheap. Gonna yeah, make... get it for him. You know. You know. It's really. I know how much goes into running an existing brand, and as, as do you. Um, I got 27 years of a, of a brand behind me. Been here for 11 years. You and I started almost the exact same week uh, when you started with Matt Sherman, and I started with LFD. Literally, I think it was almost exactly the same week. And it, it, the effort that you put in, man, in the last year and a half is just is just unspoken. I, it's it's unmatched in my opinion. Nobody's had to do anything like that, take that much risk. It wasn't like your brand, uh, you know, you had a brand that you had for 15, 20 years, and then somebody bought it for 15, 20, 30 million dollars, and then you you did a non-compete or whatever. I mean, you started from everything to nothing to where you are now. Uh, so, you, you know, you had everything going, then you had nothing going, and you had to start it from the ground up and keep on. I mean, nobody's done that before. People have started businesses, and I'm not. I'm not trying to pump you up, or pump anybody else down. I would dare anyone to try to pull that off. I, I dare them to. I agree. I would say the same. Well, the only way it was it was even possible is because of all the help. I mean, let's face it. You know, if we did not have the support of Casadas, Placencias, Cigar Rings, Davidoff in Honduras with their factory, now Davidoff USA. Um, for our distribution, Humidif Group, you know, let me tell you, it was nice working for a company and um, embracing my entrepreneurial spirit, but having the backing of an enterprise, let's face it. You know, we didn't have to get in the weeds of terms and pricing. You send me an invoice, I send it to accounting, they pay the invoice. That's it, right? No problem. There's money over there and they pay it. And I don't know how all that works. Well, now I know how it all works. And now there's no accounting department. It's me and Brendan. And Brendan's the accounting <laughs> department. And I'm the, you know, sales and marketing department. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really been a wild journey. But there's no way for me to overstate the, um, the gratitude we have for all of our partners because everybody said they would help, which lots of people say that, right? Let's face it. Anything I can do, let me know, right? But this time I let everybody know what they could do. And nobody um, even so much as hesitated when we said that we bought these brands and we were going to form a company and this was the plan. And that was before we even had distribution. Before we had the Davidoff agreement, we were just going to make cigars and figure out how to sell them. And before we even had that in place, I knew that we had at least 12 to 16 weeks before we got product. And so we needed to put in the POs and get product moving before we had any plan to sell it. And every single factory started production immediately based on a conversation and an email commitment. I mean, that is really... Um, it's it's incredible. Yeah, like I said, I mean, and like John said too, I mean, it's 
to 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 sum it all up, you know, it's 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 on display. It's shown, you know, the work that went into it and and the time that went into it. And I'm sure there's some personal sacrifices that come with that too. That we don't even really mention is, you know, it, you want to be successful. It, the great Michael Jordan once said, you know, winning has a price. Success it has a price. You can have it, but it's going to cost you. You know, and and you 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 hope to you know to put everything you have into it and you get that success and it makes it worthwhile, you know, um, it makes that price worth it. And I think that you've done well, a really, especially having, you know, I've talked about all the support of our partners. I didn't talk about the support of our most important partners, which are our families. And thank God, Brendan and I both have incredibly supportive wives and great kids. And, uh, and you know, so there was, there was no hesitation on anyone's part to go all in on Ferio Diego. My family was all in, his family's all in. Together we are certainly all in. You know, there's no there's no secret partners anywhere. There's no uh, you know, magic money men. This is Brendan and I all in. Um, and then the support of our manufacturing partners to get that inventory going, man. I mean, think this is today is one year anniversary from the announcement. So this is right around the time we were finalizing art and getting orders together and we delivered in october and we've been in market for 12 weeks with over 400 stores it's 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 killer yeah it's a hell of a year it really is and it's really well deserved um and and that's kind of where i want to kind of transition to something a little bit more fun but before that we want to hit our top three segment brought to you none other then room 101. Uh, there it is. I'm getting really much better at the producing gig when Nicole's not here. Um, room 101. It's it's more than it's more than just a brand. It's a lifestyle. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just checking my hat. This is my uh, my room 101 hat that I love very so much. Um, top three. Top three. Top three. That's a Room 101 hat from behind that. When you were back a little bit, yeah. it looked kind of like a Ferry Otago hat. Um, this is the Jonathan P. Sir Jonathan P. Tobacco Knot hat from Room 101. By hey, the way, I got to say, question. by the way, speaking of Room 101, um, if you put Matt Booth and I side by side, you'd probably confuse us for twins. You know what I mean? We are like really peas in a pod. We couldn't be more like one another. Um, no, I mean, we are like polar opposites, but he is really one of my dearest friends in this business. Um, and he was an incredible ear throughout this whole process. Uh, John, you got a couple of those calls too. I mean, let's face it. But but Matt really, um, as a brand owner, as, as a guy that has had to get lean and scrappy and reinvent and, and figure out fulfillment and distribution and uh, multiple times, contract manufacturing, all that stuff. Uh, he's always been a very dear friend, but I will tell you that particularly this last 12 months, um, Matt has really been an incredible, uh, an incredible friend throughout this process. So I just yeah, he's got, I, I would that's good that you uh, you guys have that friendship because he's got a really unique uh, <clears throat> way that he's been running his business for you know 
10, 15 years, it's really been him. It's been all about him. Even when he was doing, uh, you know, when he was with Davidoff and Camacho there, um, you know, he's, it's his own gig. It's really, truly a, you know, a, he's really a startup. And as my one question I got, I, which this is, I guess it was probably be news. There's, there's a Guy Fieri cigar coming out with Eric Espinosa called the Knuckle Sandwich. Oh, yes. I was just really surprised that this is not a Room 101 uh, project because I know that the two of them are very, very close. I would be uh, would be remiss to not bring that up because uh, I know we, we're kind of still in news. But, um, but that was kind of interesting to me. It's, a, it's cool that he's doing the project. Obviously, we all know he's a big cigar smoker. Um, those that have met guys is, is a great proponent of the premium cigar industry. But I was a little surprised that it was uh, that it wasn't a room one on one project. Just saying. Yeah, and he was with Matt like the day before too. I saw them on social media together, and then the next day was the the knuckle sandwich announcement with Eric. Um, yeah, I almost thought that too at first. I was like, oh, could there be something here? Um, but I I highly doubt that he hadn't. He hadn't guided him, and, and that was probably the best decision for him at that point because they obviously hadn't not talked about it. So obviously that got directed to that direction. It's best for both of their uh, individual brands. But re- really unique thing, when I saw that pop up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a Room 101 project, going to be kind of cool, finally guys there. And I love Eric Espinosa. It was just kind of surprising to me. So our top three for this week, uh, John, I, th- I think I ran this one with you, but I want to run it with Michael. If it wasn't cigars, three other careers you could have had if it was up to you and things were different, whatever. What would what would those be? Well, first would be a professional drummer, which was which was Plan A. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, I moved to New York to to continue my pursuit of music. I have my degree is in drum smashing. You went to Berkeley, right? I went to Berkeley College yep. of Music, yep, in Boston. Um, so I certainly, I was pursuing my music career and cigars were my day job. Um, and so that certainly would have been plan A. So that's number one. Um, number two, I guess two, two and three would just have to sort of be sort of molded into a, into just a general category of some other um, some other consumer good um, career. Um, so maybe two would be uh, something in the wine world. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big lover of wine and I love the industry. Um, uh, it's certainly no secret as Nat Sherman was winding down that I was exploring, you know, every opportunity in the world. And so I, I considered working outside of the cigar industry in sort of adjacent lifestyle categories. Um, and I could, I could envision it. So, so maybe that would be a number two. Um, and the way you phrase the question is what would have, what could have been another career. Um, and what could have been another career was I could have stayed at Altria as part of this, this uh, closing, hmm. you know, Altria, I think I've shared on a number of shows. Altria was very generous that people who did not stay on and take a position with Altria, um, everyone received soft landings and, and severances to be able to find whatever that next move would be for them. 
Um, but they did offer placement within the company where there were opportunities. Uh, and there were some interesting opportunities for me to stay. Uh, so maybe that would be a three. But, um, you know, I think I shared with you last time I was on, there's only, there's only one. You know, top top three alternatives are are not alternatives. There's one option for me, and it's in this industry. This industry has given me everything meaningful in my life, um, save for the things I was born with, uh, which is my parents and my sister and you know, uh, childhood friends. But absent of those things, the premium cigar industry has given me everything. I met my wife via cigars. I, the majority of my my uh, friends today I've met via the cigar industry. Um, so it's fun to contemplate your one, two, and three, and drummer adjacent industry or out here would probably be those three, but, but uh, we're still operating plan A, and that's premium cigars. Really well said. You know, I'm surprised... I'm surprised that you maybe wouldn't say, or maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe it just gets kind of consolidated in there. But I know you're a man of fashion too. I mean, you. Well, I would put that in the in the adjacent category, right? So like wine, yeah, menswear. Uh, I could see you doing you know, that. I, yeah, it was it was cool, kind of putting my toe in the water and just seeing what was out there. Um. So yeah, I I do I love. I love fashion. I love that industry. I love the wine industry, liquor industry, food, hospitality, you know, all of those things I really do love. Um, and I explored, you know, very um, delicately. I did not go deep into it because I realized while exploring them, you know, I have very few hobbies because I make a living doing my favorite things. So it's kind of strange that I... You know, if you ask me what I want to do in my spare time, it's either hang out with my family or smoke cigars and drink great wine. You know, and I'm fortunate that I get paid for those things. And as I looked at some of the other opportunities, um, you know, if if I do have hobbies, they're dressing and they're wine and food and hospitality. And, uh, and I kind of didn't want to ruin those, you know. I want to keep those hobbies hobbies. You just couldn't walk away from it. You had to... You knew in that in that period when you you know you say you did a little bit like a soul searching in the sense you well what options do I have but very quickly it's like you had that instinct inside that said I I, I can't walk away from this industry I, I have to find a way to stay here especially once it was clear that we were going to be able to preserve and continue the work then there was there was no more thinking once once Altria said that they would consider our ability to acquire then it was very crystal clear. That's the, that is the path. So we have a question from the audience here, and both of you guys are, I think, positioned and, and welcome to answer this question too, but we'll start with Michael since he is our guest tonight. What best, what piece of advice for anyone looking to get into the industry? Um... Okay, I guess that would that would really depend on in what capacity you're looking for, 
Um, but well, so I don't think you necessarily get the right to pick, and that's that's where I'd say is number number one. The advice is you need to be open-minded, and you need to be incredibly patient. That said, if you are able to find a piece of the industry that suits you best, that's great if you can cherry pick and apply for it. Let's say you want to be a rep and there is an open rep sales position available and you are already a sales rep for a different type of uh, product and you can move laterally over, um, congratulations, that's great. My advice, if you are a premium cigar consumer today and you would like to get into the industry, I would recommend that you tell your favorite local tobacconist that you would like to get into the industry and ask them for an opportunity in that store. Whether it's part-time, whether it's full-time, whether it's an internship, volunteering on a Saturday for product, whatever it is, if you don't know and understand retail, it is much more difficult to try and learn the mentality of a retailer and the mentality of a consumer. We're all consumers, but as a consumer, you don't deal with other consumers from a trade perspective. When you are in retail, that changes your uh, perspective of your fellow consumers. So I would say the very first thing anyone should do if they want to consider being in the industry, if they don't have a clear path to a job they want, is to go to their local store and ask them for an opportunity and be transparent with your intention that you want to be in the industry, you want to grow, maybe you don't want to work in the store uh, for the rest of your life, but you would like to start and you would like to learn and you will be patient and give a thousand percent to your job in that store and take it seriously. I started in retail in Boston. I did the same job for three years. Then I went to Davidoff in New York, and I did the same job for four years. That's seven years without a promotion doing retail sales. That's the reality. I mean, I and then I remember then you, there was a ladder. I remember you posting, uh, not to cut you off there, but you posted recently on your on your drive up to do the Cigar Authority. You stopped at one of your first jobs that you ever had. Yeah. Which was selling I mean, listen, donuts, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the the way that question gets asked differently is, uh, how do I get to do what you do? I get asked that a lot. And so my answer to that is, well, first you work in a pharmacy, then you work in a donut shop for three years, then you go to music school, you, you get a degree in drum smashing, then you start working <laughs> retail, and you work retail for seven years, and then on and on and on. Because I'm only a product of my own experiences. Um, and so, yes, my second job was working at the Baker's Dozen in Brooklyn, Connecticut, uh, making donuts and coffee, and it was great. I loved it. And when, when that question gets framed to me, it's generally by a consumer or it's somebody in a retail business, and retail is part of being in the industry. People ask, it all, will ask me a question, how do I get in the business? If you're working in retail, you're already one part of it. And there's way more retail jobs than there are sales jobs, brand hey, John, ambassadors, or retail brand is the industry. Hundred percent. Without, without retail, 
there is no companies, there's no brands, there's no manufacturing. Retail is the industry. Huge. And and I would, I, 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 my big piece of advice is if you're in retail in the premium cigar industry, you're in the industry, so don't forget that. And then work your way up, as Michael said, you work your way through things and into certain positions. Um, and, you know, and you show value and then that value gets appreciated. Uh, certainly in this industry, it does. Um, you know, if you're not in it looking at getting in, retail is the place to start. It, it, they said there's way more positions there. That's the feeding ground. Uh, you know, that's, you know, it's the reverse of what it is in like professional sports. In my opinion, retail is like the major leagues, you know, retail we're, is we're the, the major suppliers. Leagues. Yeah, we're the suppliers. We're like, yeah, the bat companies make, you know, are very successful. The companies that make the balls and the gloves are successful. Uh, but the the real heart and soul of this industry, if you want to be part of it, uh, is in the retail side. And that's 99% of what we do on the road being in shops is we're, we're involved with the retail side. So if you want to get in this business and you want to be part of it, my recommendation and my piece of advice um, is start in retail. You'll find a home. Um, and you'll find a place that you want to be, and, and you, you'll have a lot of success in that. But I would also, I want to reiterate, be transparent with the owner of the store. Let them know that it's not long-term. Let them know, if it's not, let them know that you have other ideas and other plans. Just be transparent. And, you know. Be honest. Retailers are teachers. You get into retail because you love this product, you love the industry, and you love talking about it and sharing it. And whether you do that with your employees or you do that with your consumers, um, it's still, it feeds the same, the same uh, passion. And uh, there is no better start than retail. And truly, should you move on to uh, being a rep or uh, higher level sales executives or, or you start your own company or you open your own store, it is the greatest most complete experience you could possibly get because you it touches every piece and i've heard this and this question does get asked a lot and, and i've i've been around these conversations when this question is involved and that is the number one thing that most people say is you want to be in the industry go work for a retailer you'll learn everything you need to know working at a retailer and then, you may also learn very quickly you don't want to be in the industry. That's, that's very <laughs> true too <laughs> that's very true too it's not for everybody um you know, it's 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 not. But um, the premium cigar industry is not an Instagram feed. An Instagram feed is a very filtered and deliberate um, expression of the very best parts of our work. But it is not the industry. The industry is, you know, shitty hotels and bad meals and canceled flights and you know uh flat having, having having to put the key in the door open to close because somebody calls out uh dealing with returns you know there's there is a lot more to the business it just doesn't look as good as it is on an instagram feed it's not so, as glamorous as it looks online so to speak Never. <laughs> um one of the last things i wanted to talk about with you um, kind of transitioning away, something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, given the pandemic and everything that did happen and everything that went down last year, um, and we mentioned this before, the Great Smoke happened. Um, and it went virtual for the first time. And, and once again, just 
a round of applause and a, and a tip of the hat to, to the Smoke In team for putting that together. Um, that was – and, Michael, you were part of that. Um, that was I, – I participated in the execution of the event. I had nothing to do with the – Fair. Uh, she's like, let, let me even say that different. Not the execution. I participated in the performance of the event. I didn't participate in the execution. This was next level. I mean, it has never been done the way they did it. If you could have been in the room and seen this setup, it was like being in the Grammys. It was unreal. The production team, the screens, the monitors, the cameras, the booms. I had a thing in my ear like Seacrest. I actually had one of those things in my ear that people were talking to me and telling me stuff. I mean, it was unreal. It was so professional. It was so well done, man. Um, you could be a Ryan Seacrest. I could see that. <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> Although I'll, I'd rather be Seacrest than Andy Cohen. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just so well done. And the crazy thing about this, man, uh, so it was Abe, um, uh, as obviously the the champion, his team, um, you know, Alex is just outrageous. This guy, I've never met a, a harder working, more loyal guy. He's really so incredible. You know, in front of the cameras, it was me, Melanie, Kim, uh, and Abe. But what was bonkers about this is there was no rehearsal. And this is not a criticism to Abe and his team, but they were so busy getting everything together that there there wasn't even like a a read through or uh, you know like a level set expectations like this is kind of what this is going to be. There was nothing. We walked in cold, and so I sat down the day before with Abe and his crew, and he's like, "Here's the script. Here's the scene sequences. Um, there's the teleprompter." I'm like, teleprompter? What are you talking about? Like, hold on. What is this? <laughs> and I had I had absolutely no idea that this was going to be what it was. So they didn't fully inform uh, you before you, like, jumped into that? You're like, yeah, cool, I'll do the thing. And you show up there, and you're like, wait a minute, you didn't tell me about all this. <laughs> no. In fact, Abe asked me to host, the co-host, as we were trying to sell the company – and I said to Abe at that time, I said, bro, I have to be honest with you. I don't know that I'm even going to have a company to represent by the time this event happens. Like, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, can you do it or not? And I was like, yeah, I can do it. Let's do it. Said, okay, great. That was about the extent of my, of my walkthrough with this. It wasn't until we got there. And then we ended up doing a very quick kind of read through at a table um, the night before. And then it was just, it was showtime, but it was awesome, man. There's, it has never happened in this business and uh, I'm not sure anything can top it, but if anything can, only Abe can do it. Yeah. I mean, which I... by the way, hold on a second. Let me show you to make this real. Wait. Yeah, I mean, that was just such an amazing performance um, by everyone down there. And, and I'm excited to get to experience it firsthand. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So is this this is what you're wearing this year? This is a actual Hawaiian shirt, the last luau. 
Is it Tommy Bahama or? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Joe Gal. All right, there you go. I gotta get one. But it's real. It is real. It's happening. But it's an it, it, what what an event, man. I I'm I'm really excited to 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 be there myself this year and and to really soak it in firsthand. You know, like Abe's been saying, so. I can, you know, really experience that magic. I mean, even watching it last year, I was like, wow, this is really impressive. But uh, really looking forward to actually well, being you, down I've there. I've done this event for years as a vendor. And like all of these events, the the problem is you have to be there. Right. And so there really is a, a lot of people that miss out on the opportunity to experience something so cool. And, and – what Abe did last year was delivered that experience to people who never, ever would have experienced the Great Smoke before. And, I mean, you know, I talked about my logistics trying to get Ferry Otego up and running. You think about getting all the product to his place and then packaging the individual kits and then sending those out to the thousands of people that bought these tickets, man. I mean, that is an outrageous logistical um, feat that they did with seeming ease. And then you had live auctions for product and you had all these things that they had never done that they accomplished in 11 months and put this together. And it certainly was not seamless. There were a couple mistakes and a couple little blips here or there. But, man, what an absolutely incredible event. And I said to Abe last year. This is the first time people who never would have been able to experience this get to. This has to stay. This has to be virtual forever as we welcome back in person. Um, and so here we are doing the perfect hybrid in person plus virtual uh, watch parties around the country. It's it's just I think it is it is one of the most one of the greatest accomplishments and and most innovative um developments that our industry has seen from a real event standpoint yeah absolutely um again job well done to those guys um good luck for this year uh, and um you know I'll, like i said i'll be, I'll be down there so i'll, I'll get to uh, I'll, I'll watch it with you i'll be there um but yeah no i mean i think that it was great i think that it, it seemed like you guys had a lot of fun with it and when we're talking to abe um very smoothly overall, but you know, there, there, like you said, there was a few little blips, but I, I, nothing. I couldn't even really remember him. I was like, I mean, was there any major issue? And then he reminded me of um, Pete Johnson couldn't be there from Tatuaje, and so and then his his feed died on his on his Zoom or whatever, and you kind of just jumped right in there and improvised, and you were doing your selfie thing with him and all that, and it was just like, yeah, that's that's like on the spot. We're live on the air. There's a problem. I need to improvise, and you just came right to action, and and just had fun with it. And I thought that was great. Um, you know, I would encourage folks if if you didn't get to see the um, broadcast, it, it was online for a while in its entirety, the full eight hours. Um, I think it still is. But I'm not sure if the whole thing is up in its entirety. I think it got split up into segments. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but do yourself a favor and go back and watch those segments. Go to the – I think it's on the Smoke In YouTube channel. It might be under the Great Smoke YouTube channel. Uh, the interviews were incredible. 
And none of those were scripted. That was all, you know, I didn't even know who we were interviewing. Um, but, you know, we had a great chat with Rocky, Saka, Carlito, uh, Nick Perdomo, Terrence Riley. They were great interviews. Um, and I, I think um, we were able to touch on things that were that were kind of unique um, and special because it was a special time. It was the first time a lot of us had seen each other in a, in in basically a year. Yeah. Um, so there was also there was a there was a, an energy um, about that event. Um, it was my first flight in 11 months was going to that event. So it was it was just a really special um, a special event. This year is going to be a different event and it's going to be even better. Yeah, we can't wait to see that unfold. Uh, it's going to be a great event for sure. We are running out of time here uh, as much as I'd love to keep going. Um, we are just about right out of time. So I want to, Michael, thank you again for coming on the show with us. Uh, we, we love having you here. We, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, congratulations on everything you did with Ferry Otego this past year and, and all the success you've already had and good luck with everything in the future. Congratulations on winning man of the year here at smoke and tobacco. Thank you. Um, definitely well-deserved. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you, you've had quite, quite a two years really, um, just really insane. So, so thank you, um, for being here, John, thanks for being back here again. Uh, you, you hadn't really been on for a while, but now you're, uh, you're two for two in 2022 already. So, um, well, with the exception of Tuesday, but, uh, yeah, you've been here. Uh, count. It doesn't count. So, um, you know, thank you for being here. It's always great to see you here in your Alabama hat, Roll Tide. Um, so thank you. Everyone listening and watching at home, thank you for watching. Thank you for being here with us. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Ferry Otego. Ferry Otego. Find it. It's your local brick-and-mortar retailer. If they don't have it, find it online. Ask them for it. Ask them for it, then find it online if you have to. But check with your local brick-and-mortar retailer first. That's all I got. We'll see you next week.